0: This episode of the My Latin Life podcast is brought to you by Language Blend, the new best way to learn Spanish. Language Blend focuses on what you actually need to live and get by abroad with daily one on one lessons, a dedicated texting partner. It's like living in a Spanish speaking country without ever leaving home. Go to languageblend.com for more information. Welcome back to the My Latin Life Podcast. Since 2014. My Latin Life has been your trusted guide to traveling and living in Latin America. Today, my guest is Netocracy. Netocracy is a Twitter account with over 10,000 followers, and they're teaching you how to stop caring, how to job stack, job slack, wage max, and all these other crazy concepts that we're going to get into. So if you like the job stacking episodes, if you remember the two or three job stacking episodes if you like those you're going to get a lot of the same vibe here mr Netocracy, how's it going doing very well my friend how are you doing well thank you it's good to good to be on first
1: podcast so uh let's uh let's dive into it i've done quite a few calls with friends in the space but uh, this is the first time i'm kind of doing anything public so yeah looking forward to to sharing some some tips
0: no worries. Don't feel nervous. Um, <laughs> when you do calls with buddies and you talk about these neat concepts, job stacking and stuff like that, what do you guys talk about when you're chopping it up with your your buddies that, that understand you? Yeah, so
1: I'd say that most of my interactions are mostly over text. I'm not really a voice kind of guy. But um, what I realistically do is always feel like everyone inherently knows the right answers. You just have to kind of bring it out of them. So I'll get a lot of advice from younger guys who are just getting started with their degrees. They're maybe one or two years into college, or they're going down a certain path and they don't like it. And they're asking me, "What should I do? Should I stick to it? Should I swap?" And I really just kind of get a good grasp of all the information that I can. So a lot of it is, you know, asking a lot of questions, uh, a lot, of sometimes you know, mm-hmm. weird questions that probably their friends and family don't ask them. Um, But realistically, one of the things that I try to do is figure out how much they're actually working and how much they're getting paid. Because what you'll find is a lot of, you know, entry level positions, you've got young guys getting absolutely smashed with a lot of work and it's not worth the return. So I almost always try and get them to apply for new jobs. You always have to see what's out there. And realistically, you should be applying for jobs all the time. Even if you have a job, even if you're comfortable, things can change very quickly. And, you know, you can be with a company for 10, 15 years and you they, you can say, oh, we're they say we're part of a family, uh, but it's not a family because they'll get rid of you the second a new CEO steps in and changes stuff up, right? So realistically, I always tell people to have options. Um, actually read a post from Saswiz, a friend of mine who talks about someone who wanted to jump to a new job, uh, quit his job and then the second job or the job that he was going to get ended up just pulling the offer. And then he basically was left with zero jobs uh, when he was looking to make a better transition. So realistically, uh, it's a pretty ruthless world out there. Uh, Anyone who's dealt with HR knows that directly. Uh, So it's basically just giving some of these guys a bit of advice that I had. Like I've worked a whole bunch of different jobs over my life. I've probably worked like 10 different jobs. Uh, in very different fields. Like I've done door-to-door sales uh, for a full day. That sucked. Uh, I did uh telemarketing. Uh, I've done customer <laughs> full day. It was a, a horrible day. day. I did like a week of tele telemarketing, like just cold <laughs> calling people. Uh, that was absolutely soul crushing too. Um, so I would not recommend that to anyone. Uh, and that's why I'm very anti anti sales okay. uh, on my Twitter account too.
0: Before we get into some of the the concepts. I just want. I need to know more about like what is Neat, <laughs> what is Pepe, what am I doing interviewing, um, you know, anonymous frog character, anonymous Twitter accounts. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's where I'm at. A hundred podcasts in. So what is what is Neat? What is podcast or what is Pepe? Sorry, yeah, how sure are thing. they So uh, Neat.
1: It's actually a lot of people follow me and don't even know what a Neat is, which is hilarious. Um, and I've told a few people to Google what a neat is and they've just straight up blocked me, uh, which is kind of funny. But a neat stands for not in education, employment or training. So if you've like, say you've graduated like high school and you're just in that weird period between like high yeah. school and starting, you know, full-time work or, you know, getting getting into college, um, that's basically what a neat is. So realistically, I am technically not a neat because I work a full-time job. But I only do about 15 minutes of work a day. So I basically consider myself a neat because I get very little messages from my boss and basically just do whatever the hell I want. And most of the time, what I want to do is just shitpost on Twitter. Uh, but I do a lot of things. I'll go for, take like, you know, three hour lunch breaks, go for a run, hit the gym, lie in the sun, read a book. Like realistically, I own my time and it's I'm not forced to sit in traffic and go work in an office. Uh, where I'm under constant supervision. I'm at home, I wake up when I want to, I do what I want to, right? So that's essentially what being a NEAT is. It's like reclaiming ownership of your time and ultimately ownership over your life. Where Pepe the Frog kind of ties into it is okay. it started on 4chan and kind of the neat thing because realistically, um, you know, wages, which are the opposite, people who not only work a 9-to-5 job but make their life their job, you know what I mean? Like their personality is their job you talk to them and they're like oh I can't I can't do this tomorrow I have an early shift Uh, and realistically they resent neets. they consider them leeches for not contributing and to society you know what I mean whereas they're working usually a minimum minimum wage job they don't like their job but they pretend to like it and that's kind of where the conflict between neets and wages arises Um, but realistically labor in 2023 is like an absolute joke you know what I mean like (laughs) It's, it's it's beyond a joke uh, in terms of how you're treated in corporate, especially in corporate jobs. Like it's basically an adult daycare now. So Pepe ties in because obviously it started on 4chan. Um, and yeah, basically like neets can also be losers too. Uh, it's not an exclusive thing. Like if you think of, you know, your average basement dweller, I don't know if you know the South Park meme, like the really fat guy behind the keyboard, like, you know. Yeah, so it's, it's important sure, to understand yeah, yeah. that. You can, and you know, there are obviously wages who love their jobs and have successful careers too. Uh, but for me, I've just found the trade-off and having been a wager in the past, I'm very much a reformed wager. Um, I've realized that this is not the way to live your life. Like you basically, when you add up all the time you spend at a nine to five, it comes close to a decade over the course of your life, which is pretty much a prison sentence because you don't really have control over that time. So for me, and the reason I started this account was because I was a neat at the time. Um, It was during COVID and I was just making a lot of money trading crypto and doing other things. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to start an account and kind of bring awareness like life is so much better now because of remote work and COVID lockdowns in the best shape of my life. I'm eating well, I'm reading like one book a week, I'm living my best life and this should be experienced by other people. So I started it and the account over the course of two years just kind of took off and grew from there.
0: That's awesome. Were you working remote prior to 2020 or is this- It you know, was pretty pretty
1: much, I was never allowed to work remote before COVID happened. Uh, it was very strict. It was not even in my wildest, <laughs> my wildest dreams that I could work from home because uh, that would have been a massive, uh, I wrote about this in one of my sub stack, but that would have been a massive burden off my shoulders. Like I would have gotten close to two hours extra sleep. Uh, it would have been so much like less exhausting just working from home. But realistically, um, I was new at the company I was working at and they really wanted to train me uh, and they kind of wanted supervision 24-7. Mm. Like My desk was deliberately positioned, so I had a manager looking over my back. So all of these little subtle things they do to you mm. is to basically control you and wrap you around your finger. And I was getting paid like absolute, even though I was working for a reputable company, I was getting paid nowhere near as much for the time and energy that it was taking out of me. Like it was very, it was a very strong um it was just draining my life basically. Like I'd come home, I'd be exhausted, I'd be unhappy. I'd only have like basically the four hour life. I'd only have a couple of hours of free time. And you're in such a shitty mood from what you've done that you just want to relax. You know what I mean? You don't want to do Yeah.
0: no, I get it. I get it. Mm. So remote works obviously better Opens up all the opportunities for the slacking and the job stacking and stuff. I want to read a tweet to help the audience get a a little bit more of the vibe. Um, This was a retweet from Max Wage Chad, uh, another, um, you know, one of your Twitter colleagues. Um, And his tweet went as follows. I will have four remote jobs. I will work from an income tax free country to keep all my shekels. I will not go into an office. I will not work nine to five. I will sleep in every day. And there is absolutely nothing yeah. they can do about
1: it. <laughs> uh, Max is a good friend of mine. And realistically, that's like I only work one job, for example. I've tried working two at one point, but I chose like a bad job, which was really demanding in my time. Once again, wasn't worth the pay. And Realistically, you can work five six seven jobs like i've I've seen and spoken to people who have worked multiple jobs and are absolutely killing it and they're living their best life and it's still less work than a nine to five in the office um it's really crazy how much the divide has happened like if you're working 40 hours a week at your nine to five you're doing something very 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 wrong like you need to get another job and just shave off a couple of hours each day like realistically you know you're not going to go from 40 hours a week yeah. to Know, like 40 minutes a week, but you can go from 40 to 30, and that's pretty much an extra two hours a day. And you can do a lot with an extra two hours a day. So, that's my biggest suggestion to everyone listening is not to try and make the everyone messages me, how do I get a job where I sit around all day and do nothing? It's like, well, if it was easy to do that, then everyone would be doing it. So, just look at ways of automating stuff that you do and just shaving off some of that time. Like Max is a very smart guy, very technical, very technical. So, it makes a lot of sense that. You know he can do as many jobs as he can because there's a niche but realistically there's a lot of jobs where you physically have to be present like retail like hospitality just cross those jobs out immediately uh, because right. there's no chance of you meaningfully slacking off in either of those jobs
0: okay got it so um I'm trying to think what direction to go i wanna i want to find a way to like get you going and really get you you flowing and and talking about this stuff. Um, what 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 questions should I be asking you?
1: Um, maybe we can get into some of the subs subs. Sorry, not Substack. Some of the Telegram topics. If there's anything you want to learn from those.
0: Okay. Um, well, I assume uh, the reason you were down to record a podcast finally uh, was because you opened up. A telegram group so feel free to uh, do honestly a, it's a i might plug that. it at the end but yeah in general like
1: it's true i just basically i set up the telegram in case my twitter gets suspended i had a few strikes against me basically there's a, a bit of a backup i've got a <laughs> discord i've got the Substack. i've got friends who can kind of retweet me but i thought i also want to post long form content without paying elon like eight dollars a month or whatever so uh, like for me it's just a it's a laziness thing more than a, something I'm genuinely trying to build but it's done all right I've got a couple hundred subscribers in the past few days so yeah honestly like I don't know if you want to ask me like any kind of maybe financial advice like on on budgeting and investing like what what tips people can do because I'm always I'm always down with
0: that. Investing advice. Okay, so what does investing look like for a NEAT? How is it different for a uh, um, a job stacking slacker? <laughs> How is investing so different for these people? So I guess if
1: you're a full-time NEAT and you've got no income coming in, uh, which I've done for over a year, it can actually be quite uh, stressful because realistically, maybe you've made money, uh, maybe you've gotten some kind of inheritance or maybe you just lucked out and pulled a lot of money out of, you know, GameStop shares or crypto, um, say you have $100,000 in your bank account, that number is only going to go down. So it's kind of like a ticking time bomb, like sooner or later, you're going to need to do something. Um, so that's why as a NEAT, or even if you're job stacking, um, you need to realistically continue to invest in assets which have potential upside. And for me, there's no better asset than crypto, right? Because on average, Bitcoin has gone up 100% every single year. Um, so realistically, most of my income that I make, obviously I have expenses, but I try to not live lean. Um, I don't believe in the bow tie bull of uh ment- uh kind of mentality of just, you know, sitting at home and eating chicken and rice and never going out and just saving every dollar. Like for me, that's no way to live life. Um, but realistically, you should be looking at buying things that give you value, cooking at home where possible. Um especially investing and living in a nice house uh, whether it's renting or paying a mortgage if you can afford to do that Um, realistically um, you know I don't think renting a mortgage is a good idea because you put yourselves in a lot of debt uh, and you've got to make make those repayments and you're dependent on interest rates Um, so I would avoid against taking out any kind of mortgage um, but realistically if you rent you can also rent a really nice place and if you're working from home or if you're neat then you should you're going to be spending a lot of time at home so make your surroundings as comfortable as possible so my main kind of point is don't cheap out where where possible like don't live in a shithole like kind of shoebox apartment like really just invest in something good uh and make the make Mm -hmm. the right kind of investments that benefit like your health and well-being but you can only really limit your expenses to a certain amount right like you, I don't know what the, the cost of livings are like a uh, life in Latin America, but I'm Australian and life can be pretty expensive here, but you can't, you can never drop it down to zero. Whereas you can always find a way to earn more money. Um, so realistically, my strategy is get a job, you know, Get a job that doesn't like crush your soul. You know what I mean? It gives you a lot of time and freedom and then use that time and freedom to learn a skill, learn something that you can monetize on the side, run a bit of a side hustle and not in like a Twitter mm-hmm. money, money, Twitter, e-com kind of way. You know what I mean? Like it can just be buying and selling secondhand stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and then just invest some of your money into the crypto. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a clown world and things, you know, meme coins go up like, you know, a hundred X in the span of a few months. So you've really got to be in it to win it. And the only way you're going to learn about these things, if you actually put the time and money into learn. So use, use your time to find what you're passionate about and find something that you can make money from and being a neat basically, and having that free time awards you those opportunities.
0: Okay. So it sounds like the original definition of neat was Is basically like unemployed, or as you mentioned, kind of like the in between university and working. But you've kind of readapted it to be a remote worker that, you know, just works less than eight hours a day.
1: Ideally, it's probably working closer to zero hours a day if you can get there. Um, Like for me, (laughs) closer to zero. Yeah, I'd, I'd say if you work less than say less than four hours a day, you're you're pretty much a NEAT because you basically double the amount of free time you have in a given day. And NEAT's just 24-7 basically, have no commitments. Uh, I have cop some slack from some people saying, you're not even a NEAT, you're employed. But it's like, if I was to live off unemployment benefits, I would get a measly amount. You know what I mean? Like barely enough to make ends meet. And that's why you see a lot of these. Little-
0: no, yeah, that's like not a real option. I feel like for, for most people... When it comes to online, it's just all about remote work versus uh, online entrepreneurship and and doing a million things. Whether it be uh, FBA yeah, pretty much. So like I never,
1: you know, never I never want to devolve and become NBA one like, of those guys. Uh, no disrespect to those guys, but it's just not the way. Like realistically, I don't want to sell anything through my Twitter. I'm just here to have front, have fun, post memes, troll some people from time to time. But realistically, I think the biggest thing is. Uh, when it comes to being a neat, it's it's basically the opposite of being a wagey. So a wagey really cares about their job. They'll step on you. Like if you slip up, a wagey will pretty much report you instantly and try and write on you in order to get a promotion. Whereas me, when I work, it's like I have zero like I care so little that I only care enough to keep my job, basically. So I'll do the absolute bare minimum in order to kind of keep my job and keep the keep the pay coming in. Which is pretty much like 15 minutes of work i definitely could do more and go for a promotion um if one of my coworkers like screws up i'm not reporting on them you know what i mean because i w- hope that they instill those same values in me and they're like oh neat is a cool guy i wouldn't do this to him you know what i mean so i have i manage people basically um like in different countries and i'm always very relaxed and chill with them because for me it's not worth the trade-off and realistically it's if I do get a promotion, I'm only going to get paid more, there's going to be more responsibility. It's really not worth the trade off. So I'm literally better off getting another job where I do close to nothing and doubling my salary by doing so instead of working harder at this job and getting a promotion. You know what I mean? I think people really need to understand that if you do move to another company and you get a 10%, 15% pay raise, you could have literally gotten another job and doubled your income. And you know, you would still be doing less than four hours of work a day if you were clever about it. And if you weren't clever about it and you accidentally sign up in a job where they're like extracting every single dollar or cent of labor from you, then you can just leave that second job and you've still got the first one. So basically having multiple jobs is pretty much like keeping your options open. And I've done that. And like I said, it didn't work out for me because I I chose a really poor kind of startup to work for. Um, And that was a mistake because in startups, it's like all hands on deck. I was getting messages at like night when I didn't want to be like messaged. Um, the owner of the startup basically cared so much about it and wanted everyone else to care that much as well. Um, and that's for, for me. That's not the way to go. So I would kind of general advice, and I've tweeted about this as well. Don't work for startups because they're usually not as well funded. Um, even though I got paid like every single, you know, all the time. The startup founder was basically expecting me to bring in business, which is something I really don't want to do. So don't do anything which involves in the harder you work, the more you get paid, uh, even if it's not official. Yeah, it, it's really counterintuitive. But for me, you want to find like zero or even negative correlation where you basically do no work and still get paid. Um, so that's why sales is just completely off the table because you don't want to be calling 20 or 30 people.
0: I mean, it sounds good. Uh, it sounds it sounds good to work 15 minutes a day, do do no work, get paid a full time job. I think everyone would be pretty down with that. Um, what are some of your secrets for, um, making it seem like you're working? Um, uh, Jay Halza in the job sacking interview called it. Uh, what do he call it? Um, he called it like plausible reportability and he basically just always had something new to report and he would say, Oh, there's a blocker. Oh, I finished this, whatever. And he would just always have something new to report. And that way it made it seem like he was making progress. I'm sure you've developed your own kind of strategies around, you know, Yeah. I'm really fortunate with this (laughs) job.
1: Like at one job that I had in the past, it was like 24 seven supervision. Like they were constantly like if I went up because it was a customer service job if I went up to the, if I got up to the bathroom and I wasn't back in like five minutes there I would get a message being like hey are you there you know what I mean like it was really horrible um yeah honestly and really the pay like was like horrible too you know what I mean and realistically it's a trap like they kind of beat you down in the early stages of your career so you just get used to dealing with that kind of judgment but Uh, that kind of treatment. But realistically, I'm very fortunate in this job in the sense that I will go sometimes a full day without getting messaged by anyone, um, which is really awesome. So it's basically like I'm a ghost in a lot of times. And once again, this is massively due to luck and timing. Uh, So I'm more than happy to talk about how I got the current job that I have. But um, I guess I'm kind of lucky in that sense. But realistically, um, I think... I'll give, I'll give two pieces of advice. Um, you can definitely create something like a mouse wiggler using Python and there are ways to keep like, your, your life. Oh, mm.
0: uh, there you go. I bought a mouse wiggler. I bought one, uh, a jiggler. <laughs> it doesn't wiggle, it jiggles. No, I bought a, uh, yeah, I bought a mouse jiggler off Amazon. I, sh- I, I, I should have bought it like a year ago. Oh my God. It's actually a game changer. Even just if I want to step away for like a half hour, but I want to keep, you know, make it look like I'm still online type of thing. It's it's I, I would say anyone listening to this, even if you're not trying to finesse the system like like us crazy guys, um, still a mouse jiggler is pretty key. You can get it for like 15 bucks. And um it's not even like software. Mine is like mine's like a hardware thing that uh, I put my mouse on top yeah, of. Yeah I've seen those. So, I've never
1: had to actually use yeah, them I... because um I was very fortunate. Once again, the company I work for doesn't have like a strict IT department. So when I started, one of the first things I did was, hey, Mm -hmm. can you install like Python basically onto my computer? And they said, yeah, sure. No worries. And basically, I can pretty much like import any package and do anything I want. So I basically have like free reign over my computer Mm -hmm. um, and I basically am never going to update it if they do implement any kind of tracking tools or software. But realistically, if you're working for a company, I think I think it's basically be be um, kind of think in the reverse. Like if you're working for a company and they're like, "By the way, you have to install this software," uh, and we're going to watch how many mouse clicks you do and how how much time you spend on a day on your computer per day and, you know, you have to connect to a VPN and they can track everything and block your websites. Like that is not the company to work for. You should realistically work for mature, like responsible companies of a decent size. So never too big and never too small is my advice.
0: That's the thing about when they're too big is then they all have VPN and they all, you know, they're given the company laptop. I think a company laptop isn't a deal breaker, but it's a huge red flag because any, any company laptop, if you're doing the work on your own laptop, you have so much more freedom. If you're doing it on a company laptop, I've had company laptops where they let me bring it to, let me bring it to Mexico and stuff like that. But it's uh that's like the minority yeah i would would definitely
1: recommend getting a company laptop because if you leave the it departments are pretty inefficient so you can probably get away with a free laptop and there's pretty much nothing they can do to get it back so uh
0: (laughs) yeah right yeah but the the the, that pales into comparison to you know accepting an offer and then parting ways a month later because you didn't tell them you were going to be in mexico yeah, 100%. Or, or whatever. You know um, what I mean? But yeah,
1: basically, just tr- find like find a good company. And realistically, a lot of information is out there on like LinkedIn, so you can get a good feel for the type of company that it is. Realistically, you want a company where um, mm-hmm. ideally your manager isn't even in the country, so that there's not that kind of strict reporting. Uh, once again, and <laughs> a lot of a lot of it's fragmented. Now that comes with pros and cons because I'll sometimes get messages outside of work hours. Uh, but realistically if you're you're not coming into the office like and you're not getting that many messages a day uh, and there's not that many meetings a day like I cannot stress that I've lucked out so much with this job that I have I basically have a 30-minute meeting every every Monday and then I have one 30-minute meeting every month like that is literally I have less than two hours of meetings in a month Um, so I've really kind of lucked out on that front and like that's nice. It's not, not too repli- replicable. And that's though. one of the things, like when people ask me for tips, it is literally like I had to go through a wagey hell. Like I had to be absolutely smashed with all of this horrible work. And then I eventually landed on a really comfortable job. But realistically, I'm sure a lot of jobs like this exist. It's just, are you sending out enough job applications? Um, are, you, are you putting yourself out there? Like realistically, uh, this is a pretty horrible example, but I'm sure there are like women out there who tick all of the criteria that a lot of guys are looking for. Like guys might be like, oh, well, you know, she's pretty, but, you know, her family's situation is kind of messed up. Or, well, she's not so pretty, but she comes from a rich family. Like I'm sure there's a girl who like ticks all of those mm-hmm. boxes and she's just out there. And you mm-hmm. never know unless you go to a certain place and find her. You know what I mean? And it might not be on Tinder, might be like in person, like at a church or something like that. You know what I mean? Like are you hitting the right spots in order to, to get, this job so for me the this job that i found um it was basically they had really bad they wrote really bad uh kind of landing page and job description and i remember applying for it and thinking what the hell is this Mm -hmm. why has no one seen this ad because it was like so far down the list um and i really lucked out because the time that i joined they were kind of going through a bit of a uh restructure and they were changing up and old people leaving and new people were starting so I kind of took over and I'm meant to be doing things that I'm not doing and they're not being enforced because they're not being checked by anyone so I really lucked out in that sense too but once again something like this only happens once in a blue moon so But realistically if you stay at a company for enough time things like that can happen and often a lot of people don't ask any questions right like if your manager leaves and a new guy steps in Mm. you can basically just tell him oh by the way you have to do this and you have to do that like realistically
0: yeah yeah give him a lot of (laughs) your work or be like
1: oh so-and-so was about to start you know what i mean like you need to hire an intern in order to do this like you realistically need to call the shots And you need to have balls. Like if you don't have balls, like you're going to get pushed around, like regardless of what job you have. Um, So you need to put your put your like foot down, say no. Like at one point, they wanted to uh, force me into the office five days a week, like just out of the complete blue, in order to improve performance. And I just straight up said no, this wasn't part of my contract. I didn't even get it in writing, but I was just that insistent. Like I was literally going to threaten to leave if they (laughs) if they didn't uh, do as I said. And then they basically said, all right, you can keep working full time remote. So. Yeah, like for me, it was kind of, that was November last year. I actually took like a personal holiday. So uh, my manager called me out of the blue. I was at a bar and I was just kind of relaxing um, in a completely different state. And it was a Friday too. So I thought, all right, what's going to happen? And then I get a call, not just from my, ma- from my manager, but from basically an executive. And he's like, hey, we're implementing a new policy. Uh, from now on, you must come into the office five days a week. And then I basically said, hey, this is not happening. It's not part of my agreement. Uh, I need to do this. And then he tried to bargain with me and he said, "Uh, I know you live far away from work, uh, which I do, but I've obviously exaggerated it a lot more than I do. And he was literally letting me come late into the office and leave early in order to accommodate for my transport situation. And I, once again, I respect that he's trying to do the best thing for his company, but I'm trying to do the best thing for myself. So once again, I put my foot down and I said, no. I, I just can't do that at all. And then he basically just let me go. So yeah, that's uh, that's one story. I don't know if I've shared that on my Twitter, but that's uh, one instance of putting your foot down and being firm.
0: Hey guys, quick break from the episode to tell you about BitRefill. BitRefill allows you to shop online and in person without banks, converting your crypto directly into merchant balance. We're talking gift cards to Nike, Amazon, Apple, Airbnb, Hotels.com, and many more all paid for with crypto. Bitrefill offers more than 10,000 gift card options in 180 countries, including the USA, Canada, all across Latin America, including Brazil, Colombia, Mexico, Argentina, El Salvador, and many more. You can also apply the code MyLatinLife at checkout to get 10% back on your first purchase. Go to bitrefill.com for more information. Hmm. What do you attribute to your success on Twitter? You just recently hit 10K, uh, so things are going pretty well. And um, I I was definitely researching to try to see what Twitter was saying about job stacking and uh, overemployment and stuff like that. And really you and uh, Max Wage Chad and a couple of the guys, it was like the main thing I found, like really you're the main account I found when I was kind of looking into this niche of the the internet so what do you think has uh what do you think has you know struck a chord with people and what maybe what does your typical follower look like if you have any idea and um yeah I don't know, no. what's the community so i reckon
1: like? um for me I, I read a really good thread which kind of popped off it was like one like equals one way to avoid doing your job so uh that uh, I, I probably like people think neats are lazy because they just sit around and do nothing. But I wrote that like for pretty much three hours consecutively, like in a flow state. Uh, There was just so many ideas like bursting on like how to get away with doing your job. So that was one thing Uh, just in general. I think that the concept of doing nothing and getting paid is realistically like what everyone attains for like, I've I've written about this before in uh in my substack articles. (laughs) Um, but it's like when you the goal of working, the reason that people build these like million dollar empires and all that stuff is they're eventually going to retire. They're gonna sit back and they're just gonna enjoy the money that they've earned. But as a neat, you can kind of sit back and enjoy the money you've earned today, not like 40 years from now when you've spent your whole life working for someone else. Or building a, a business empire which carries like a lot of risk and stress. So I think that's what resonates with people. Um, in terms of content and you know some of my followers, I'm I'm mindful not to give out too much because realistically, um, it's not easy. Like it may, I make it sound like it looks easy and that I haven't done anything, but like I said, I've had to go through a lot of really shitty jobs and a lot of like you know a lot of stress in order to get to where I am now. So this is like a much needed break uh, from my previous kind of career and jobs that I've worked. Um, but realistically as well, people will just message me out of pure laziness being like, what job do you work when I've talked about that in the past? And then they'll also be like, how can I get a job like this? And 99 times out of a hundred, they've never applied for a job. They're not even like thinking in the same way that I am. They haven't read the articles. So it ultimately comes down to laziness from their end, which I fully understand. Uh, but the one thing you need to work hard at is applying for jobs and finding and getting into a position like that. Um, that's realistically like no one's going to do it for you no one's going to say hey type in this work this word and uh like you know one of my mutuals recently landed a job as like a platform engineer and he's doing very little work but not all platform engineers do very little work so there is no secret source on that front in my community once again is uh a whole bunch of different people um i kind of dunk on some of the money twitter guys like who sell like gumroad courses and pdfs once again do what you want like there's no judgment but you don't want to be like constantly shilling and endorsing some kind of PDF or some product. Um, and often these people who like brag about how much money they've made, like closing clients and doing all these kind of large ticket deals, they're just outright scammers. Like there's a lot of really bad advice on Twitter, which a lot of like impressionable like young men fall for. So that's why I like I'll dunk on Bowtie Ball. I'll dunk on people who sell courses. I'll dunk on Andrew Tate because for me – You're not going to get rich buying into Hustlers University or the War Room. You're going to make Tate more rich. But realistically, the key to getting rich or just more important than getting rich is just enjoying the quality of your life. It's not living like an Andrew Tate lifestyle where you're Mm -hmm. training, you know, boxing and you're, you know, you're you're constantly hustling. Like for me, it's the complete opposite of the hustle. It's like letting go. It's doing nothing. It's giving yourself that freedom to actually figure out what you want to do. Uh, so I'd say that's a lot of my community has just come from me shitting on other people's communities and I'm fully fine with that like I don't I don't have anything to sell so no one can really like call me out per se and if anyone's like oh you're just a neat you like get a job I'm like well whatever like there is some truth to that statement but um yeah just basically tell shit how it is and everyone's like trying to push their own narrative uh realistically this truth there's some truth in everything so I think Look, Tate obviously isn't a complete idiot. He definitely knows what he's doing. Um, But once again, if you're like a 19-year-old kid and you think the way to making money and obtaining financial freedom is to pay 50 bucks a month for what's it called? Hustlers University. You're, You're kind of delusional and I'm going to snap you back into reality. So, yeah, basically just telling it how it is.
0: makes me think, like, so you, you've freed up all this time. You're working less than one hour a day, but you're not job stacking. You're just working the one job. What are that you doing with all your free
1: time? Um, so I would say I'm working on a few things outside of my job. Um, I think I think more than anything, I'll give you, like, a pretty pretty good example. So I'll usually sleep in an hour a day just because I'm a bit of a night owl. Like, I trade, like, cryptocurrencies, um, and a lot of activity happens um, usually like by the time most people are bed here in Australia. So um, I definitely trade some cryptocurrencies, uh, flip some NFTs, do some stuff with shit coins more than anything. Um, so that's one thing that I do. And that's, it's good to have like 24 seven, like not 24 seven, but it's good to look over that stuff because something you bought could be up or down like 20 or 30%, depending on when you check. So if you're looking to make an exit, you kind of need all, all hands on deck. Um realistically i'm also interview constantly interviewing for like jobs and opportunities uh, and just seeing like what's out there too like I- i'll probably take one job interview a week and i'm constantly applying and looking for the next job because realistically i could get a job that that has like three hours of work a day but i do want to try and land that mythical extra job where i'm doing like 15 minutes of work <laughs> a day so for me it's partially doing some of that Uh, I'm a self-taught coder. So I'm just learning myself, like teaching myself some coding. Um, I'm constantly just like in this very curious mind where I'm always looking to learn things. I'm in quite a lot of group chats with friends who make money and we're working on a few things together just to kind of see where they go. And realistically, like one of them was like a cold email campaign and that kind of fell through. Uh, I'm not going to like, you know, write it off just yet. But realistically, I didn't need that to succeed in order to keep earning money every single day. Like I think I lost 250 bucks from from that particular venture. Um, and I, it was basically just paying for like some email copy. But once again, I'm completely unfazed because I'll make that back in less than a day, just sitting around doing nothing, right? So realistically, you just want to constantly put yourself out there and grow your network. I feel like that's what I do more than anything. Um, I've also like, you know, Once again, take like an extended lunch. I read a lot. I go to the gym. I've started running recently as well. Um, Yeah, I basically just like live a really, really chill life. Um, It's like There's really not much to say. Like I think I've almost become a bit lazy because I have so much free time. Uh, If I had like, I don't know, two, three hours a day uh, free time, then I would probably be rushing to get everything done during that time. But because I have so much more, I can just really take my time. Like, sometimes I'll just straight up go like during work hours I'll just go go to a park and just lie in the sun there like on a on a grassy field you know everyone says touch grass I' literally touch grass most <laughs> most days um but yeah just you know walk my dog like I don't I don't really know like you know I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: it's okay I mean at the end of the day you're kind of like a anonymous guy and it's really more I think we were we were saying it's more about like the concepts it's not really about you it's more about teaching people the way of
1: the neat lifestyle you can do anything you want
0: um and you know just like whatever you want to do like if you're like
1: i don't know like in in one specific instance one of my followers is like oh my like grandmother is like elderly and i wanted like take care of her and spend time with her so he got a remote job and he can like spend like two hours a day like he'll play cards with her and he'll do stuff like that but that's um like that's for him what matters but for me i do play a bit of video games here and there i'm not definitely not obsessed. Like I I try to limit how much I can play, but I've been replaying like a lot of classics like from my childhood, you know what I mean? And for me, that's what brings me a bit of joy because it's like, well, (laughs) instead of being an obnoxious Twitch streamer and having to do like dye my hair and like record seven or eight hours a day, I'm literally still getting paid and I'm playing like, you know, Nintendo 64 games. You know what I mean? Like for me, that's probably been the thing that I've been doing uh, the most in the past month, Uh, like playing, you know, a little bit of like Zelda a little bit of like Banjo-Kazooie and like other kind of Nintendo 64 games. But realistically, I could snap out of that and just like, you know, start writing like Substack articles and go a lot harder with the Twitter. Uh, But one thing I do like about the Twitter is it's, you can take the gas pedal off at any time. Like I can stop tweeting, I can disappear. I might lose a couple followers, but realistically, I'm not losing any business, right? So just um, that's why like I I run the Stop Caring Bot because it's like in general, like stop caring, like when it comes to your job. And just see the difference that it makes in your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: What are some of your biggest tips and tricks for people uh, looking to engage in the neat lifestyle? Uh, Number one, stop
1: caring. Uh, I wrote the bot which does that. Um, Realistically, (laughs) people care so much all of the time. Like they take their jobs so seriously. Like one of my One of the worst jobs that I worked, I remember leaving and thinking, I wish I slacked off more. I wish I didn't like hold myself to the same standards because there was a guy there who was doing such little work. And I'm like, hold on a second. He got paid the exact same amount that I did that entire time. So it's like, why did I care so much? Why did I constantly want to be the guy who put his hand up and did work for like pretty much no extra pay just because I wanted a promotion, which I didn't even end up getting. The promotion would have just been more work, by the way. So realistically, you can't win in a rigged system. So stop caring. Uh, Number two, apply for a whole bunch of jobs, like constantly. And look, with ChatGPT now, um, a lot of, once again, like probably the bigger companies, uh, like your big four and your kind of international companies, um, they're going to have systems which can probably detect if you've written a resume using ChatGPT. But a lot of like smaller companies don't. Uh, Once again, don't go too small because with startups, like they want to get to know you. They want to take you out for like, lunch or a coffee and chat to you and they want to kind of make you part of the business without any of the benefits of being a business owner if that makes sense like you might get a few shares but the shares are dependent on your performance and how much the company grows and you got your goal once again is to make money regardless of how the company grows so that's uh that's something to consider as well so don't go too big or don't go too small and send out a lot of job applications. Uh, Stretch the truth. like Realistically, I remember one job, I used a tool called HubSpot once, and um, I pretty much just put like HubSpot expert or something like that on my resume. I can't remember the exact words. Uh, But I would say probably the fourth tip is keep a very open and curious mind. Um, There's a lot of really awesome content out there, uh, like on YouTube especially. Uh, So I've taught myself a lot of programming, and that's just all from YouTube tutorials. I've got a massive network of like, Twitter friends now, if I had any programming questions, I could just hit them up and they'd answer me within a couple of minutes. So it's just having knowledge and skills that are actually employable and you don't have to use them. But realistically, the more you know about a certain field, the more you can kind of ace it. So you might go for a junior role, even though you're like more of a kind of like mid to higher level person and you can just absolutely sweep the floor with like a junior level role, right? So probably when it comes to job stacking, I would say... It's probably better to get two easy jobs than to get one difficult job. So if you're going to try and get, say, say you're interviewing for a job that pays 120k a year, you're better off getting two 60k a year jobs and just absolutely like crushing them, automating a lot, and just you know, um, really, really like doing as little as possible because you've figured out how to crack the code. Then one 120k paying job where you're managing other people, um, basically don't manage other people because people are unreliable. Um, so you've just got to find that sweet spot.
0: Do let me push back on that, uh, Mr. Neat. Do you think, uh, I, I always thought that maybe managing people could be sick because you don't have to do any work. You just tell other people to do work and, you know, report the status yeah. type of thing. You know what I mean? Like if you're a, a software engineering manager, you're probably not writing much code anymore. You're just kind of telling people what's up. So I feel like that could be chill if you're just like, a Middle manager guy, because the problem with having a technical role sometimes is someone at the end of the day, someone needs to actually like build the website or someone needs to actually do the technical thing. So you still kind of yeah. do need, need to so do something. I
1: agree and um, disagree. So my technical role, I, I am a manager. Um, so <laughs> I shouldn't criticize managers too much. But on the other side of the coin, it's like it depends who you're managing because someone you're managing could be listening to this podcast right now. You know what I mean? And actively looking for ways to do as little work as possible. So not everyone is like an obedient wagey who's going to do exactly what you tell, what you what you want them to do, when you want them to do them. And it can get a bit, bit frustrating sometimes when they do work that you're not happy with or you have to kind of put your foot down and be that guy who tells them to step up. Um, so that's where the, the risk comes into play. Uh, but definitely like avoid... Yeah, if you can avoid building like the the more intangible you can make your job in the sense that um, like people aren't looking at the say you write, you're writing code like you miss one line of code it could have like disastrous consequences you know what I mean and you could really get pulled pulled in for that and be like what the hell is this um, so I think honestly the best kind of role would be if you're you are the sole person who does X at a company right so for example. Uh, I do SEO. So I'm the sole SEO person at the company. So as long as the results are somewhat decent, nobody asks any questions. They don't ask, my, ask ask about my methods. It's pretty much just like you you do what you know. You know what I mean? If you can position yourself in that way and then you don't have someone below you who constantly wants to learn more or, you know, someone you assign work to. Yeah, like realistically, <laughs> you just want to be kind of a, a lone wolf in your company
0: no yeah, stupid like none mentorship. of that but at
1: the same time if i didn't if i had <laughs> yeah, worked another job bullshit. i would like say i worked as part of a team of like 10 seo people i would have learned a shit ton more about seo than just being like the only seo guy here you know what i mean but once again there's a whole bunch of content on youtube uh like you know in books uh articles like you can learn all of that stuff podcasts like there is so much value
0: okay so whatever you do at your company be the only person so that there's no one else to benchmark you to because if you have say two seo guys and the other guys i don't know editing twice as many articles or whatever it makes it unless you're all in on it together on and that
1: very rarely happens because um
0: <laughs> you got you got your coworkers. uh Mutinying and dude, I know a lot with. of
1: companies, like some IT departments, are kind of like that because they have basically like no work. And realistically, if everyone's in on it together, like you can just do stuff. Like, for example, say so so
0: oh, interesting. Do you think it's like wink, wink, nudge, nudge? No, yeah. Like, look, we're all just gonna. Hundred percent. Like, company. I, I like, I
1: definitely know at one company, like all the IT guys were just kind of like, "Oh, broken laptop. All right, that'll be three days." Like, they could have fixed it in the same day, but they realistically just enjoyed like sitting around. Like, you you've got to. <laughs> there's either got to be some kind of bro code where you all acknowledge that, or neat code, I should say. Um, but more often than not, like sooner or later, that's gonna like it's gonna like fall apart. You know what I mean? Like, someone's gonna want to get married or something, and they have to save up money and go for a promotion. Or, you know, circumstances change and they have to leave their job or something like that. So, dude, enjoy a job like that while you can. Um, But realistically, if you're like a lone wolf, like I am genuinely... I've been in my current role for like over a year now. I'm genuinely curious to see how long I can do this, how many people are going to come and go. And I'm just like the rock that's been there forever. And uh, I don't want a promotion. Like I genuinely do not want more work. I will get a second job any day before I get a promotion. So... I'm just doing the doing the bare minimum. Like I do, I don't know, like 15 minutes of work a day. That's all it takes to keep my job and that's all I'm going to keep doing.
0: Got it. I have a question for you. Where do you think the line is between doing the bare minimum but still keeping people happy and basically outright fraud where you're just like pretending to work for a company? Because I think... Um, I don't know if it was you or it was Wage Chat, but they did sort of a quote tweet on the situation I was reading just tonight where actually Chamath Palihapitiya got involved in, and he like responded to a tweet basically saying like, look, if someone's pretending to work a remote job and they're not working, like that's I right. I think at the end of the
1: day, like I get results, Um, like my manager is happy with the results that I get. So like there's no, no questions asked there, right? Um, like if I wasn't getting results, then yeah, like that, that would make complete sense. You know what I mean? But realistically, sometimes there are factors like outside of my control, which, which limit the results that I get. Um, I think honestly, it depends what you do, but at the same time as well, like I, I basically have like zero empathy. Like I remember working in customer service and it was an absolute shit show. You know what I mean? Like I was answering phone calls uh and like dealing with clients because of like you know laziness from someone else's end you know what i mean like i would get the exact same phone call from people like 20 or 30 Mm -hmm. times over the course of the day and i basically had to give the same response like that could have been something that they just implemented on the phone like oh by the way this doesn't work anymore because of this reason. You know what I mean? So realistically, they really undervalued us. So for me, if I'm finding a way to abuse the system and putting people on hold and really just like doing as little work as possible, that's not my, I don't feel like that in any, I don't feel like there's any kind of fraud or any kind of stealing. Like I understand the concept of wage theft, but realistically, like companies are basically stealing your time. They're stealing your life. They're trying to pay you as little as possible uh, and still keep you around. Like they literally want you... Uh Uh, I wrote about this in a recent Substack article uh, on Vagabond Way. I basically said, like, your company actively hates you and they're looking to make your life worse. Uh, like some companies, and thankfully I don't work for one of these, Like they'll like, force you to partic- participate in like Pride Day and they want team-building exercises and all of this kind of really cringe stuff. Um, that is not the way to, you know, treat an employee. So once again, I, I basically have zero, zero empathy for the company. Even the current company I work for, there are some good people. Like my manager is genuinely like a good guy, right? Um, but I've also worked for companies in the past where there are actively bad people who want to make your life worse, want to dump work on you. And honestly, I just mm-hmm. say fuck them. Like do do what you want, live your own life. Like at the end of the day, your life is the only one that matters. I always say your NPC co-workers just despawn when they leave the office, and they come back with all this, um, you know, all these fresh prompts from ChatGPT about how they spent their weekend, drinking and you know all this other stuff. So yeah, stuff <laughs> it. Like, don't. I honestly
0: would say. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Uh, yeah, man, can't let the man keep you down. So, <laughs> so, do you think that this is just a temporary inefficiency caused by? 2020 and it's kind of ironing itself out of the system and cuz it seems to me that overemployment and job stacking was very very easy in 2020 2021 start of 2022 but then starting in the second half of 2022 it got a lot harder because companies started catching on more um the idea that some people are working multiple jobs started receiving a lot more mainstream attention i think a lot of people are kind of aware of it at this point that um that remote workers are are often job sacking and just i don't know i feel like it was like chill it was like chill to slack off in 2021 but it's no longer as chill and it's time to you know you know if you have a good thing going to maybe work start working a little bit harder just to hold on to it and i mean obviously remote work is going to be around kind of forever but I mean, maybe we, this is like the golden. Yeah, no, I I fully agree. I think the
1: easiest time has definitely passed. Like a lot of people work from home, got a taste of it. And they're like, all right, back into the office or maybe into the office, like three days a week and two days from home. You know what I mean? Where they kind of just relax. Uh, I realistically think that the bull market has not ended yet for (laughs) work from home, remote jobs. Uh, Realistically, if you have the skills, if you have the value or the perceived value from an employer, they will take you no matter what, you know what I mean? Like you can, you know, earn 200K a year and put in like three hours of work a day from home, you know what I mean? Um, once again, it really just depends on who you are and what you're willing to, to settle. I think there are a lot of jobs and I think a lot of people will never go back to working full-time in an office again. There's just too many benefits. Uh, what I find funny though is some people, um, I, know, I know of one guy who actually worked more from home because he was, he just ended up getting into a state where he just couldn't log off and he just wanted to finish things for the day. So not everyone, and this is like the one exception I've heard of, but not everyone has like used this opportunity to do less work. Like I think some people probably end up doing more work and just feel more responsibility and they can't draw the kind of divide between working from home and working in the office. So they might just check work emails like outside of work hours, or if they get messaged, they'll drop something and do it. Right so at the end of the day it ultimately comes down to your level of conviction with with working from remote like working remotely and doing nothing like if you think it's possible uh, and you apply for the jobs you will get it obviously it's nowhere near as easy as it once was but it's definitely still there I'm living proof like I got this job uh, probably a year and a half into covid so yeah and i've managed to hold on to it and fight off fight off like the return to office text so just put your foot down and do what you want mm-hmm. at the end of the day um, remote workers like basically changed the economy like a lot of like corporate office space is like not even selling anymore uh, people are moving out to like more distant and remote areas like realistically um you can fake an address if you wanted to but like if someone is like hey our office is in this city mm-hmm. you can be like Oh, I actually live two hours away from that city, and then like by default, they'll pretty much be like, "Okay, maybe you can come into the office one day a week," and then you can basically be like, "How about zero days?" and you're basically done. Um, so if you want to, there is always a way because no reasonable employer is going to force you to travel four hours a day just to come into the office when you can do the exact same thing from home. So just honestly, do whatever it takes to win, uh, and put your own prior- put your own happiness as a priority.
0: Yeah, definitely makes sense. Um, cool. So you think that the golden age is continuing, and you think, like, what? What? why is that? Why do you think that, um, like, what are things going to look like now? Because I feel like, you know, the first couple of years post-2020, everyone was kind of seeing how things were going to shake out, how the back-to-office was going to shake out. And I feel like now we're in more of, like, a steady state where, I don't know, there's, like, a bit of both. There's hybrid that kind of thing. Um, do you think that there's going to be increased competitions for a remote job? Do you think that there's going to be in- increased wage pressure, particularly on remote jobs, where you're competing on like a more global scale? Or I don't know, what are your thoughts on kind of the future of remote work? And I think uh, hybrid is going to become the default.
1: Um, what's going to happen is like no one wants to work on a Friday, and most people don't want to work on a Monday either. They, they might want to sleep in or clock off early or something like that. So I think
0: i think not working on money is gonna be a tough sell but yeah like i
1: like realistically i think that's um like employers will toss people some crumbs like google i think was literally offering to pay people more if they came into the office like these it's basically kind of a a rebellion in the sense that the workers are like putting their foot down and being like well actually you need me more than i need you you know what i mean so i'm gonna i'm gonna accept this term and condition from like I'm gonna I'm only gonna settle for this. So mm-hmm. the more people are willing to accept, uh like realistically I think a lot of people have like not like lost their wagey status by working from home. They're like, cool, I can I can do a lot less and I don't want to go back into the office because it's just not worth it. So I think realistically what I see happening is that hybrid becomes the new default. So people maybe come in like three
0: days a week. Mm. Hybrid sucks though because it really <laughs> you're still there's no difference between hybrid and on-site because you're still tied to the area if something says hey you're hybrid two days a week in Plano Texas well I mean what are you going to do go to Mexico yeah. for four days at a time you know what I mean you're still kind of stuck to the yeah, area you can't that's, really that's do why anything. I
1: think hybrid is it like they will do that because it's kind of a compromise and someone's like oh well it's nice to go into the office and see people and say hello um once again, it's that that will become the default. I think it already is the default. Uh, like a lot of people can just take their laptop home and work
0: remote. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's just the normal job I feel where they give you a bit of a perk. Of, yeah, but like, that was very common. That's, I feel yeah, like that was it's very uncommon. Totally different COVID, though. So like the, that
1: is like, it's an inch forward towards neat, but not much. But uh, okay. in terms yeah, of like fully remote work and, and okay. job trends, I think realistically, um, a lot of jobs aren't going to advertise the fact that they're fully remote because they'll probably get like 10 times as many job applications. So I think honestly, like just do a job that doesn't require any kind of physical presence. Uh, like maybe there's some kind of training period, but a lot of that can just be done over video. And if you know what you're talking about, then like realistically, you shouldn't need that much training anyways. So my ultimate prediction is a lot of jobs are going to be like, this is in person and then you can basically, when you get to the interview, maybe they like you so much that they're like, all right, fine, we'll give you a remote. Uh, but basically settle for nothing less than remote. That is like my number one uh, piece of advice. Um, like if you're for- absolutely forced to go in for some kind of like training, uh, do it like reluctantly. Um, but once again, like your your goal <laughs> is basically to you know, distance yourself as much as possible. Like once again, I've been in different states. I haven't been in a different country yet, but that one's coming up soon and um, still basically done my job. Oh, sorry, I should say not done my job, but kept my job without any kind of suspicion from like from management. So yeah, just, you know, don't settle for anything less than remote is my 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 piece of advice. But fut- the future of work. But mm-hmm.
0: well, were you also kind of saying that maybe apply for jobs, apply for normal jobs and then just spring it upon them that you need to yeah, do? Like, own. I think, or like, what, what do you think is like the, the, the balance between are you applying for like 50%, um, 50%, uh, what's the word, uh, stated remote jobs. And then like 50% normal jobs that you hope you can convince them. Or do you sort of think of it like that? Where you're I would say just for apply, apply upon- for
1: everything. Like don't even look at the word remote um realistically or like okay. don't filter for because if you filter by remote you're probably gonna like lose like 90 percent of.
0: It. yeah there are higher competition mm-hmm. roles for sure because obviously if something's i don't know why i keep saying plano but if something's you know on site in plano it's going to get a lot less applications than you know something that's remote yeah definitely i think
1: and another thing to do is if you have like a network if you know people uh definitely use them because they can kind of vouch for you or make some introductions it's so much easier to get a job if you like a recent job i applied for was basically just a google form that the guy typed up i just had to answer a few questions over telegram like realistically they're the type of jobs that you want to get where you're basically
0: like a chill a chill like almost like an informal job or a job that yes. was never formally listed so you're not competing against Yeah so unfortunately with that candidates. job
1: the uh like it did, it did sound good at the beginning but then the guy who was hiring basically said you know what I'm just going to put a job job application out for it and then close to 100 people applied for it so I pretty much almost had that job guaranteed mm-hmm. uh, without any kind of background check like he the the guy did and once again he's more of a friend than an employer or a boss, obviously that's what he would turn into. But this guy did ask a few people that knew me, like, what do you think of so-and-so? Um, but it's yeah. a lot easier to kind of fake that proof and to say, you know, what you've done in the past and where you've worked as opposed to just, you know, here's a resume, here's a, ref- here's a list of references and they're going to call up every single person.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. Can I ask you uh, neatocracy, a couple uh, quick uh, technical questions. Um, are you using LinkedIn or what job boards are you using? I would say
1: definitely that? use LinkedIn, but just go for everything. Uh, what I found as well is even apply directly on websites when they have like a, you know, their careers page. Go go down every single route. Uh, and honestly, apply for yep. the same job multiple times. If you see it on LinkedIn, if you see it on Seek or I don't know what... what you know job sites are universal yeah there's indeed <laughs> there's there's you in know indeed. i think there's indeed here there's seek there's glassdoor there's like a whole bunch of them but um yeah just apply for everything right even go even go through Enjoy recruiters this. like i get really shitty offers from recruiters but just have your name everywhere like a recruiter will get paid to get you a job it's probably a shitty job but like you're getting paid like if you have a if you already have a job just like, get paid to take a 15 minute phone call and they can tell you about the opportunity Yeah.
0: Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Quick break from the podcast to tell you about Language Blend, the best new way to learn Spanish. Language Blend was co-founded by Jake Nomada, friend of the podcast, decade of experience in Latin America. And Jake and his team, they put everything into this program that they wish they had in terms of how to level up quickly with your Spanish language skills, because the faster that you can get conversationally fluent in Spanish, the better the experience that you're going to have in Latin America. So go to languageblend.com for more information. Okay. So a little bit, so you're, okay. I think a lot of people I've talked to were like LinkedIn maximalist, Mm. LinkedIn and angelist, and everything else was like a level below that. I think that's a little bit US specific, but... I think the school of thought is that Indeed and all the other monster.com or whatever, all that stuff's like a, a level below. But I'm curious where you think maybe yeah, the just best to deal for everything. Is Put yourself out there and, and see what happens. Everything. But here's the thing. If you tell everything to someone who's like only semi-motivated, you know, whatever, I feel like they're not going to know where to go and they're never really going to execute. I feel <laughs> like it's better if you just tell them like one or two sites and just be like yo just mm. do everything i, I would site.
1: say don't sleep on recruiters like i got a really good job from a recruiter so if, the, if that's my piece of advice uh phone up like if you're lazy phone up like 10 different like employment kind of recruiters and tell them what job you want to get a what field you want to get a job in and speak to them on the phone and they will basically try and tee up interviews for you you mm-hmm. will basically
0: Okay. Just Google, how do you find like, the recruiters? Whatever
1: field, like if you're in finance or tech, like type in tech recruiters in Google and a bunch of phone numbers will come up and they'll have like...
0: Okay. So I'm going to search like SEO recruiter yeah. Australia. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Um, Mac or Windows?
1: I've always been a Windows Maxi. Uh, yes. I just... Well, I've used I use Mac, uh, Apple phones, but windows i've just gotten used to the ui i can't use a mac i probably should learn uh, but realistically windows just gives you a lot of freedom in, in a way that mac kind of restricts you uh that's just my personal take on that but
0: in specifically in a job stacking context or slacking context do you think do you think it's easier to slack on a on well, a mac personally
1: or a someone who's played like emulators like i played pretty much all of final fantasy 6 like on my windows computer. Uh, I think it would be a little bit more difficult on a Mac computer, but that's just my experience. I haven't really dealt with Mac. So if you want to play old school Super Nintendo games, uh, Windows is the way to go.
0: Okay. Uh, Another question, your resume. Is there anything in particular you're doing for your resume? I did have a question about that. Do you list your current job on your resume or do you leave that off because you know you might want to not if you're going to job stack you might not quit your current job and then pick up the second job on the side and you would never want the J2 to call, to know your J1 and call your and you know risk them calling your J1 so some people leave their current job off their resume I don't know do you have so any This is like a massive bit of
1: alpha which I haven't given out but my advice is usually when it comes to reference checks they never ask your second job, like they'll be like, "Oh, cool! First job, awesome. Uh, second job, we'll take. We'll just take your word for it that you've done that." So, what I'll often,
0: do, uh, what do you mean your second job? Like you're only like you're only working one yeah. job, or you're sorry, I, I worded two, that a bit
1: badly. But say you're you're currently you're J one basically, right? I would say yeah. that you've ended the J one, uh, yeah, maybe like six months ago, and you've started a new fake job that doesn't exist. Uh, realistically, they're not going to go back and call your current job. If you're not, if you haven't worked there, you know what I mean? They're going to ask the newer job, which you can, can just completely fabricate. Um, so you can just get a friend to help you. You're yes. saying
0: fake your current job. <laughs> the okay, benefit is the they're benefit not going to call that?
1: your current employer and be like, Hey, does so and so work at your company? Um, it is a bit of a risk, but realistically, they're more likely to call your current employment and make sure that you're, that you're there. As opposed to calling a recent job and be like, has so and so worked here in the past? Uh, so it is a risk, and it could obviously like blow up. Um, but mm-hmm. the reason that I say doing that okay. is that you can get away with any kind of new skills in your current job, so that, that you can just completely fabricate. <laughs> so you can be like, yes, I've done this, I've done that, oh, and by the way, in the past, I've also done ABC XYZ. So giving yourself a new job. Uh, and it's very easy to fake that from the proof.
0: Jeez. Okay. So yeah, how how's it easy? Cause it doesn't sound that easy, because I feel like I feel like yeah, it's kinda easy to like half ass it, but I feel like kind of the forensic footprint of this fake job it'd be like pretty easy to check that. It doesn't seem all that real. I don't know how do you. It really depends on
1: how much you want to buy into it. Um, Like realistically, it's easy to fake old jobs. You can be like, "I worked for this startup and no longer works." Right? That's a that's a no brainer. But for current jobs, um, realistically, there's a few ways you can do it. So one thing you can do is go on a massive spree and like follow and connect with everyone at a particular startup who who's currently employed there. So if they do a quick background check, uh, it'll literally be like, "Oh, cool." Uh, all of these people are there. Uh, like he's connected with 20 people from this startup or from this company. You know what I mean? And then you can just subtly <laughs> change your, your job. Uh, you can announce, you can basically have jobs on your LinkedIn that you don't actually work for. Like I could put, uh, I work for Tesla. You know what I mean? But I don't actually work for Tesla. It could just be some random, right? But it's not like this big announcement post. And realistically, you could just keep that up for like a day or two or a week or two at most. And that's obviously a a risk, but everything's a risk. You have like, I worked for Tesla on your LinkedIn for like two weeks. And then as soon as you get the job, you just like basically, you know, deactivate your LinkedIn or just remove that, go on private or, or whatever. So you basically need to, once again, it does come down to having balls, but basically just fake it until you make it. And realistically, no one's, I think a lot of people underestimate how stupid like HR can be and how little like due diligence. Like if if it says you got a degree at XYZ college or university, or you worked at XYZ company, nine times out of 10, people are just going to take your word for it and think you're not lying. So stretch the truth, basically, like give yourself experience, Uh, you can fake a website or a landing page, you can uh, give yourself like a very similar domain to an existing company. Um,
0: Right. So would you say to fake working for a company that that actually exists, or to create? That's kind of what I hear you're saying. In my head, I was originally thinking that you would like create a fake company. And then like, it's kind of hard for them to be like, Oh, you didn't work for the fake company. Be like, what do you mean? It's like, you know, it's a small company, yeah. it's five people. Once like, again, they they won't they won't go <laughs> yeah. to that
1: level. Like they'll check the website. They'll say, "Cool, this is like a legit website," uh, and you can just get a friend to fa- to vouch for you. So whether it's a fake or a real company, um, realistically, uh, if it is a real company, just give you know, just put a reference, make a fake reference letter, give give like put your friend's number on there, and basically just yeah, enjoy enjoy that ride there. And that's pretty much all they'll do. Like rarely do they phone HR and be like. I want to speak to X Y Z person about this. Um, so yeah, just honestly prey on people's laziness. Like if you give them a phone, call,
0: okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Let me push back on this. So I think uh, a lot of people listening to this, they might have a full-time job and they might be open to the idea of picking mm-hmm. up a J2 if they can get one. That's pretty chill, but they don't want to create a fake company mm-hmm. and mess with their LinkedIn. And kind of like put their <laughs> reputation at risk get, at risk. Get, never gonna make it mm. they just don't have the mentality um,
1: no i wouldn't say they're never gonna make it i think honestly in that case just um i, th- I think Sass was his tweet about that guy who, who was ready to job hop and then the other job he left his current job or handed in his two weeks notice and then went to work for another company and that other company pushed back on the job offer realistically once again i have like zero empathy for any kind of employment company that like employs people um and that's just me being fully honest um but basically just yeah like do that like basically go for another job and uh if they do any kind of reference check just be like oh you know if you do get called down on it once again hr and your uh, where you currently work are separate like departments like in terms of what field you're in so realistically you can just be i would also say be
0: that's true. The mm. background
1: check companies usually. this yeah, they do, some of this stuff, but don't in they? the sense that it's it, it could just be like, oh, does so and so work for the company? So if you want to just be honest, like realistically, very rarely does it catch on. Like you're not going to get a sit down with your manager being like, I heard you applied for another job, or we got this background check and this happened. Um, like realistically, if anything, that can lead to better negotiation, because then they're like, shit, is this guy going to give us? Uh, but once again, you can work <laughs>
0: uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think people wouldn't want it's a it come around. You know what I mean? I was almost thinking you would just say like, oh, I've been freelancing for like a year. I, I freelance think, yeah, freelance is, a, is a way to go I mean? about
1: it. But freelance is it almost shows like a level of independence and autonomy that companies don't like. And it's also difficult for them to vouch. So you can create like a fake mm-hmm. landing page and create social proof. For me, it's just easier to put that you've worked for a company. Like my biggest advice would be just juice up things that you've done in the past. Like if you worked like a three-month internship at a company, like double it to six months and just climb up the ladder and be like, I was X, Y, Z person at this company. Like that's a much easier way to get away with it. If you want to go, ultimately it is high risk and you can basically just like, but at the end of the day, like if you just talk, you can talk your way through anything. Like what it says on your resume doesn't always like, if they like you in an interview, you can get any job you want. I'll tell you right now.
0: Okay. Makes sense. I think it is a big, piece of it it's funny there's like so many options right it's like you can be honest with your real job you can create a fake job you can maybe do a third option where you kind of list no job so I feel like there's um a lot of area there's like yeah and it's different for for every industry just
1: find like what works for you and um realistically well like what I said now is high risk it's pretty stupid but at the end of the day like I pretty much like I don't care I know how my company operates and I know the fact that I have gotten away in several instances with applying for other jobs with like zero backlash for the one that I currently work. Uh, like I said, if anything, like my company would be like, why are you leaving? Please, we'll pay you more. Just stick around. Um, so that's that's the downside if a background check mm-hmm. does ever happen on my end. Cool. But I get a lot of like job referrals through my through my network. Um, so that, that always helps too.
0: Question for you. Have you... Um... No, you're good. Oh, am I losing it? Yes, I have my question. I have my question. What are you doing in terms of filtering the jobs to make sure that it's a job that'll be adequate for slacking off? Are you asking them, "Hey, do you guys have a VPN?" Are you asking what time is the stand up in the morning? Are you asking these kind of things to get an idea of how many calls you need to be on per day and just what? Yes, yeah, so I'm. Time I'm very is? strict.
1: Um- I almost went a bit too harsh with the one job that I applied for in the past, but I basically just said, I do not do like meeting, like I've, I have my camera off for meeting. Like you just got to put your foot down because realistically there are, uh, for me, there's an infinite amount of jobs. There are more jobs out there than you have time to apply for and interview for. And once again, you just have to really like, and they kind of respect the confidence too. Because if you're the type of person who says, look, I don't do one hour meetings a day, I'll do like 15 minutes max, but- I've got shit to do. You know what I mean? Like, you can you basically without impeding too much on like culture. Like, realistically, like you, if you if you say I don't like working in a team, I just want to do what I want to do, they probably won't hire you because you're too like independent, and they they're gonna hit you with some bullshit like, oh, we we all have to work as part of a team or something like that, right? So don't be too aggressive on working with other people. Definitely say that like teamwork is one of your benefits, but really drive home the fact that you don't. Like, they'll actually respect you more. And realistically, you can just say you're busy, right? If they're like, hey, jump into this meeting, you can just basically say, hey, I'm working on this project right now. I can't make it in. Uh, I'll watch the recording or something like that. Or then you just never watch the recording. So just put your, like, once again, it comes down to putting your foot down. Like, just do not settle for anything less than exactly what you want. And if they're not open to that.
0: And I think you were about to say that. You're going to say, I don't, yeah, go, I don't, on I don't go on video for the, is that something? Yeah. I've just straight up said, I don't go on, on video.
1: Like I've, I've come up with a story that like, you know, I just, you know, my <laughs> office set up just like, I get up every. It's, Ooh, it's, well, the story. there is some scary. truth in it. So I did injure my back like a couple of years ago. Um, So I just say, Hey, I have back pain. Like I literally do not, I cannot say stated for like 30 minutes. You know? I can't go on video. Well, it's like I just, I've straight up said, like, I'll just pace around the room, like when I have meetings or stuff like that. If I'm presenting, then I'll just, whenever I present, I'll like have the camera on for five minutes and then just turn it off. Um, I've actually put out in a tweet, it's like, when you only have one, like, 30 minute meeting a week, which usually runs early and ends in 15 to 20 minutes, I'll put the camera on for a bit of fun. But if it's like like nine to five, constantly like client facing, you've always got to have your camera on, you have to wear, like a suit or some kind of attire, like that is not the job you yeah. want to work. So just find a job. Uh, and most jobs don't have that many meetings. And if you're constantly meeting with people, uh, you're doing something very wrong. So just honestly, just write that job. If you're working a job and you're having multiple meetings a day, just write that job off as like one you don't want to do. Like You want to be the guy who gets messaged every couple of days. And if you ask me what job, like SEO doesn't come to mind for that, but that's what I do and it works for me. So just... Just find that find that role and find that company which suits what you're looking for. Some people like meetings, but that's not me. Because meetings, you can okay. just talk shit. And a lot of times, I've just made stuff up completely on the spot and done incredibly well. So I'm good at presenting. I'm good at like public speaking, um, but I just don't like meetings. I just would rather not have that time pressure of when to be on a call, what to say, and what to talk about. So I've kind of built my built my job around that.
0: definitely makes sense so if not SEO what do you what do you think are some of the other jobs that are most conducive to the neat lifestyle and working my advice
1: would be work opposite so obviously being like a McDonald's like behind the register obviously isn't the way to go uh, anything in like construction or physical labor is also not the way to go uh, although that can have its perks like you like at least here in Australia you can get much better pay like working on a job site than you can. Um, working in a nine to five. Uh, For me, I think the main thing you should be looking for is once again, doing that bit of research. Like for example, say you're the, this happened with a friend, you're the only Salesforce guy in the company and they don't know shit about Salesforce. So they can say to you, hey, I need this report sent to me weekly. You can be like, sure, give me two days and I can figure it out for you. I have to configure this data and they'll just take your word for it. And they'll be like, thanks, man, you've, you've really done me a massive favor here. And then you just spend the next two days like shit posting on Twitter and you get it done in 15 minutes. Or you can say to them, oh, there's an issue. It's going to take a little bit longer. Like once again, you're in that position where you hold all of the cards. Um, and I don't know shit about Salesforce. I've used it mm-hmm. before, but I'm definitely not
0: a developer. But it can't no, I get it. Like learn some esoteric software. But sales, like you could work a team, you could work in a team where they yeah, have like 10 Salesforce
1: people and then you're constantly getting smashed with work because they know what they're doing. So maybe if you work in that current team, right. find a company or find a role where you can just basically leverage that and do close to nothing. Like once again, if you can be that lone wolf, if you can be that guy, uh, and realistically, if you're that lone wolf, you can say to your employer, like, hey, I'm swamped with too much work. I need an intern. You know what I mean? And they can consider doing that. You know, like you you just have to, <laughs> if you, if you, and what, what are they going to say? No, but they're going to respect you for asking. So at the very least, just put your hand up and see where it goes. But realistically, you can find comfy jobs in pretty much every, uh, every industry. Uh, an easy, a really easy one um, is just being a receptionist. They often don't hire guys. So it's not that much. But if you're like, how many times have you just seen a receptionist playing like solitaire or just like? reading a book or something like that because they rarely get uh they rarely get asked to do anything Mm -hmm. so just like find my advice would be like go to a city and just walk around like go into office buildings and they'll just have like a bunch of different like companies and just look at all of them like what do these companies do how do they make their money um even like even sometimes like when i take public transport i'll just hear people being like oh i hope my job makes me like redundant and fires me and pays me out like a year's salary like people are literally like waiting for the opportunity to be let go of their jobs and they've basically just taken their foot off the gas pedal and they don't care and they're not putting in the time and effort. Like that's the job that you want. Uh, I would say aim for lower level jobs, anywhere from like junior to like mid-level jobs because when you get to senior, that's when like the responsi- mm-hmm. responsibilities really start stacking and if something goes wrong, you're getting like 10 phone calls at like you know 9pm on a Friday night. You know what I mean? Like you, you just basically... Uh, never give your employees your phone number, by the way, but in general, like just work a job which has, which just hits like no responsibility, uh, you know, very little like correlation of like work and outcome. Uh, you basically just have to work backwards and cancel the jobs mm-hmm. that you don't want. Uh, but that's my my advice there. It's, it really, I haven't found more than one job like this. So I, I'm not the most credible source. I think when I have that second one, I'll definitely have a much clearer picture of how you can build out your life.
0: So where did this disdain for the working man or the disdain for big corporations come from? Because you mentioned the word before. Um, uh, I, I, I knew I wanted to put a mental note in the word, but you said like rebellion. And I, fe- I feel like your your Twitter account is sort of like a rebellion against the system. And that's why I thought it was cool and unique because it's not just average, generic, you know, tips to get a job or whatever it's more like a movement and a cult and a rebellion against the system and i wanted to know kind of where did where did that come from and maybe who are some of your biggest inspirations like if someone's listening to this interview uh they've made it over an hour in and they want to dig more into this topic like who else yeah absolutely so
1: I remember for a long time I was following an account called, uh, it was called Faceberg at the time, and he's rebranded now to Neat World Order. And he's got like 30K followers. He, he posts some bangers. He's a really good guy, a uh, good friend of mine. Um, he's not he's not active as much as he used to, but he's, he's definitely like an OG when it comes to this space. Um, but in general, like, Who the hell likes working? Like, let's be honest here. Like, I feel like it's hard not to be so fired up and energetic about this, and to build my entire like brand around this. It's because, once again, I put myself in debt. I got a degree, and fair enough, I'm Australian. Like, I don't have like these payments looming looming over my head, but realistically, like, I'm still buried to a certain degree in student debt that I'll have to pay off someday. So, I felt like I, I was somewhat lied to and betrayed by society. By my parents who thought that was the way to do it and i don't hold any resentment for them you know what i mean if i didn't get a degree i would be in a completely different position to where i am now who's to say that's for better or for worse but in general like you don't need a degree um the nine to five corporate you know working for a bank working for a big company is just complete bullshit and it's only when you get there and when you see what it's like on the inside that you're like um i do not want to do this for the rest of my life Like, this is not like everyone, everyone on the outside is like, congratulations, you work at this, you've got a degree, like, you know, everyone's happy with you, but it's not the way to live life. So I want to save people from going down that path more than anything. That's what, that's ultimately what it boils down to because I've lost time. I've like spent money, like going back and forth to a job that I hate making like basically nothing after tax and like after you factor in expenses. Um, Pretty much just like, I want to stop other people from going down that road. Um, so that's exactly what I'm going to spend my account doing, and I'm going to talk about the benefits. Because once again, the end goal in life is retirement. It's to sit around and be in debt. It's to like go to the beach and have lunch and do whatever you want, like at home. So like, why not do that today? Like, why do you have to sacrifice all of your adult life in order to working for someone else who could fire you in an instant? And if you bury yourself in debt, like they basically have you by the balls, and they can do whatever they want and demand anything unreasonable. Um, So that's why I tend to pick on some of the wages because the wages kind of in the same way that a slave like enjoys like the punishment that's being inflicted on them, inflicted on them, the wages end up falling victim to that trap. So I'll just straight up say like if you're not like following me or if you don't think that the way out is being a neat and doing less work instead of more. Uh, and, you know, it, it comes down to the ultimate saying, like, work smarter, not harder. Like, I feel like I found the ultimate way to work smart. Like, no one wants to hit their head against the wall for 10 hours, even if it pays them more money, right? Like, you'd rather just enjoy your life, do what you want to do. And um, yeah, do like 15 to 20 minutes of work and have free time. Like, no amount of money can buy time back. I think that's the ultimate reason I started this account. It's like, reclaim your life, do what you want to do starting today. Life doesn't happen on the weekends. It's Monday to Friday. Uh, you know, like all those working hours, it's just as much time as like the spare time that you have on the weekend. So just claim as much time back as you can and, and yeah. you know, thank me later.
0: No, I 100% I'm on board with it, man. I, I totally get it. I mean, spend many years, uh, you know, living in Latin America and and doing cool stuff every day of the week, you know, waterfalls, hikes, cool stuff every day monday to friday included so definitely not waiting for the weekend over here and that's that's what um that's what i love about yeah. remote work for sure you know do something cool during the day if you really have a little bit more work get it done you know maybe after dinner when uh things are kind of quiet and you know the sun's not shining so just moving around your schedule yeah, and, and doing cool stuff That's not so i totally get that's that. the best way to do work and I and think more than that's, anything
1: like i what I've started doing is just finishing all my work at like 5 p.m., you know what I mean? I'll just pump out the 15 minutes and then I've got the full day to do anything. And right now it's winter here in Australia, the weather kind of sucks. But like when it comes to summer, like I'm going to the beach, I'm doing stuff. I'll have my phone on me in case I do get like a message or a random email. But realistically, you shouldn't let your your job interfere with your life. And some people literally build their entire life around their job. It's like I have to live in X city Oh, if I live here, then I'm only 15 minutes from work and I can go into the office and I don't lose an hour a day. Like, cool, you're, you're putting yourself in debt. You're paying this like massive rent in order to live in like a shoebox apartment so you can like get to work and live close to the city when you can realistically live anywhere you want at like a much cheaper cost and have full time, like full ownership of your time, right? So for me, it's a no brainer, like you, you need to be having like a neat mindset where you're looking to do as little work, like if, like improve your efficiency, do as little work as possible and get paid. If that means doing your job like incredibly fast, go for it. If it means like doing your job less, also go for it. Once again, it's your life. Um, I think a lot of people work too hard in their lives and they look back and think, I didn't get to do this. I didn't get to do that. I wanted to go here and I was too, too afraid to do that. So yeah, basically just live the neat lifestyle and you'll be much, much happier and much more free
0: the neat lifestyle. Have you been able to convince any of your in-person buddies like your childhood friends to go down this path? Because I'm sure you got buddies that are making big money in the trades, building houses, doing mining or Mm -hmm. whatever the hell, right? And have you tried to like convince them, be like, dude, it's not worth it. You got to be you got to be neat, lifestyling. We we're gonna we're gonna go to Bali. We're gonna <laughs> no. So up. basically,
1: none of it's it's funny. I often don't bring up the fact that I have like a kind of job that I've like pretty much don't do any work for because I often get resentment. Um, what I've often found is a few of my friends are like really think things are like tough here in Australia. Like houses are really expensive. Cost of living is going up. Um, like our wages haven't really grown. It's pretty much like all Western countries, right? Like it's pretty it's pretty tough. So. I have, yep. and I wrote a tweet about this, I have a friend who's basically like putting in 60-hour work weeks, absolutely killing his body and his mind just to make like, fair enough, he like earns probably double, triple what I do a month, but he's absolutely like murdering himself in order to make enough money that he can invest it and like never have to work a job like that again. So, a lot of people get caught up in that really kind of toxic mindset. It's like, oh well, if I just work this a little bit harder for the next six months, then I can shave off like one or two years of retirement. You know what I mean? Or I can invest this money and then by the time I'm 30, I'll have X million dollars and then I can invest that. But you never, once you get to that stage, you want to keep working because you've kind of conditioned yourself to put yourself in so much pain in order to earn money, right? So realistically, I don't see, I think if you fall Mm -hmm. into the trap of overworking, you can basically never get out of it. Like You're just constantly conditioned to, abusing your body and just like basically building your life around work like my friend basically has two hours of free time a day in between um, like his shift that he works overnight from like 6 30 p.m to like 6 30 a.m uh, and he's convinced himself that he's happy and that he likes what he does but I know deep down it's like eating away at him uh, and I'll try to toss him some crumbs here or there i would be like but he just doesn't want that so at the end of the day like no one people are just going to come to their own conclusions and you can guide them and you can tell them, I don't think this job is good for you, or I think you should look into this. Uh, if they don't take your advice, just give them a thumbs up and carry on with your life. At the end of the day, you, you should mainly you should focus on saving yourself, uh, and that's why I run the that's why I run the anon Twitter account because it's like I want to sure. save like other people. If my friends in in person aren't going to like take my advice, uh, I'm not going to keep bragging like oh, I did 15 minutes of work today and got paid like, two two hundred bucks an hour <laughs> as opposed to you who like absolutely abuses your body and you lose your whole life but you get paid 600 bucks a day. You know what I mean? Like I've I've shit posted all day on Twitter. I'm comfy, I slept in, I took a nap and you're like absolutely demolished. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't <laughs> want to rub it in, but realistically, um I'll, I'll rub it in on Twitter because I'm I'm here to save people from going down that trap.
0: Hey guys, quick interruption to tell you about bit refill. BitRefill is the best way to convert your crypto into gift card balances. These are gift cards that you can spend at Hotels.com, Airbnb, Nike and many more. You may remember Joel Valenzuela, previous podcast guest. He's been living on crypto exclusively since 2015 and he's a big consumer of BitRefill. And so I asked Joel, I said, what do you like most about BitRefill? He said that he likes the instant delivery, the precise amounts, so that you don't have to juggle a lot of gift cards. And he loves the global selection. Nobody else has this much selection of gift cards, over 10,000 gift card options across hundreds of countries. Go to bitrefill.com to sign up. And you can also use the code MyLatinLife for 10% back off your first purchase. Go to bitrefill.com for more information. And you'll be doing this for the long haul. You didn't just get lucky with the one job and a cushy setup. Like, Do you think if you lost your job tomorrow, you'd be able to more or less uh, recreate your, your yeah, situation? Yeah, 100%. I
1: think, I think ultimately what I think I'll do is if I did lose my job, firstly, I've barely taken any time off. So I'll basically get paid out in close to two months uh, pay uh, when, when I eventually do leave. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, so I've basically got like a two-month buffer to find a new job. Uh, I'll probably find something I will use this job as you know a reference for the next one um, and just basically try and find something similar. and it'll be it'll come down to trial and error. Maybe I work for a company and it's I don't think i'll I'll ever find a job as good as this one if I'm being fully honest with you. This is something I want to keep basically for the rest of my life. I don't know if that will be possible because the company you yeah. know could expand or get acquired or go bankrupt. like you don't know where where your company will be in ten. 15 20 years um, but realistically these jobs exist mm-hmm. um, i'll work a new job maybe get some new skills and then just see if i can i can end up find, like you know finding a similar job I, I don't think once again i'll find anything better uh, i think it'll be difficult to find something on this level so in the meantime i'm just enjoying the ride um and by then anyways like my investments and the the money I've earned from this job is basically just going into investments that will basically set me up financially for the rest of my life. So I'm really not too fast on, on that front.
0: Cool. So you think applying the mindset, you'll be able to find something else. Um, Random question that came, just came to mind. What if, uh, you know, you said that you want to be able to keep this job for five plus years. Would you, like, are there any things that you would do to try to keep your job over the long term? Like, do you think maybe if you showed up in person every year at Christmas or, you know, maybe twice a year and just checked in and kind of got to know your boss and were like, hey, yeah, I'm a go- cool guy. I'm just living far away in Perth, <laughs> so I got to be remote. Yeah, you know, I something, think like, actually- whatever it is, right? Like, do you think that that would help? Or do you think that there's other things that you would do to kind of like yeah, I think like I think actually show. showing
1: up in person like very sparsely. Um, I, I did three times a year, so they flew me out for a company trip, which was really awesome. Um, then they also um just a couple of weeks ago as well in person like group dinner or something like that, and then Christmas party too. Uh, so definitely show your face from time to time, and it makes it a lot more. You basically become like a celebrity if you never show your face and you're just this guy behind a screen and then you eventually <laughs> show up in person, like it, you can really get a lot of value out of that uh, in general though. like
0: Okay. So you got a post. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. No, like the, be like, look, realistically, I'm
1: not bad with people either. Like just because I'm a neat and I spend a lot of time like behind Twitter, like, you know, just talking shit about people sometimes. Uh, I, I genuinely enjoy spending time with people. So, um, it should, it should always be like kind of like a special occasion and time it up with a special occasion if you can, like Christmas party or something like that. But um, it's not required. It's just, it, it just does add that little bit of boost. And I've only done it like a couple of times. So uh, that's what's worked for me. But I think at the same time too, when companies get rid of you, when they don't see like any output coming out of you, right? So if you've kind of outlived your usefulness, they will get rid of you. So you need to find a way to constantly be useful. Mm -hmm. And a lot of companies, especially if you've been there for a while, they will try to find something else for you uh, if there's a good fit for you. So they'll be like, hey, we're shutting down this department, but we think you'd be a really good fit for X role. And maybe you can possibly still keep your role in the company. um, But realistically, it's probably going to be an entirely different job. Um, But I think what you can do is if you have a fear that maybe they're onto you and they're like, okay, this guy's not really doing anything, he's not really bringing in any value, maybe come to them with a fresh idea or a project you can work on and they have no idea how much time this said project takes, right? You can be like, oh, this is a massive project and then you put like an hour in a day, you know what I mean? But you need to come up (laughs) with something fresh because companies do want you to be an expert in your field, right? So if you come to them with some big idea and you're like, hey, okay, I'm going to stop doing this, but I'm going to start working on this project. Uh, that's basically what I'm doing at this point in time. Like I've been there for a year. I've achieved like decent results, but I am going to try and mix it up a little bit. What I think is really important too is um, never to put 100% on the gas pedal. So this new project, um, it might imp- improve the results by like 10 to 20% of what I usually get. And that's a sizable improvement. I could go for a 400% and double the results and everyone would be wowed, but then I would have to consistently maintain that every single month. So I'd rather just go for a more conservative, like 10 to 20% improvement, and then maybe just improve by like 5% a month for the next year or two. Uh, And that will basically build up to where I want to be, right? Um, So that's my advice as well. Like never never give 100%, even when you start a job, like never give 100% of your effort because they're going to expect
0: you you don't think maybe that first month no. or two to no I definitely you know, disagree I think
1: if you if you go in it's basically like a sprint like consider a marathon say so you're going to work the job for two years like you don't want to sprint the first one hundred to two hundred meters because then they're going to be like when you slow down everyone's going to notice and be like what the hell happened to that guy like definitely take it easy um, obviously like whatever like don't don't make any mistakes don't do anything stupid but um, Definitely, don't give your all in the in the first one or two months. Um, just start, do work exactly how you want to work. Um, and realistically, when it comes to a probation period, a lot of jobs after six months they decide whether they, they're going to keep you or not.
0: You should. Right, I was going to say yeah, yeah. but like basically, or just six months, do yeah.
1: do what you need to do in order to make it to that part, but don't exert yourself too much. Otherwise, you're going to be working like that for the rest of the life lifetime of the job. So. Yeah, there's a fine, there's a fine balance, and once again, it differs for every job. So, by all means, go ahead and figure that out
0: for yourself. Okay, interesting perspective. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think. Um, what do you, what do you think it is about neatocracy and the neat lifestyle and wage maxing and some of the stuff? What do you think is new about it? Like I, I've kind of alluded to it before in this episode, but what do you think is new about these concepts that we haven't seen in the past? What makes it special? Or maybe it's just the current flavor of, you know, concepts that existed uh, decades ago. I'm not sure, but like, I feel like there's something here that I haven't, that I hadn't seen before in the past. I guess um,
1: the reason it's kind of new is because the internet is a lot newer and like usually Nates were like limited to like 4chan, other kind of obscure forums. Uh, but for me i think even with the concept of wage maxing mm-hmm. jobs job slacking job stacking whatever you know whichever route you want to go down uh, i think it there's a big difference because you can work out of the comfort of your own home uh, i think that really is like a game changer you know what i mean because that means location independence that means financial freedom because you're cutting down on costs it means you can pretty much earn money doing nothing right and at the end of the day that's that's everyone's main goal but when it comes to like the the neat kind of Twitter, I think a lot of people on Twitter are trying to push a product. They're trying to push a service. They're trying to push this like grand lifestyle of look at me, I drive a Bugatti, I have a Rolex, uh, I travel the world, I do this. But realistically, less less is more in my opinion. And I'm like perfectly happy in my current situation. Uh, you know, posting on Twitter, doing what I do. Like for me, money definitely buys you a lot of things, but I'm not one to overtly like show off, you know what I mean? Like I drive a nice car, definitely like got more than enough money to, if I lose my job, then I'm fully fine, right? Like for, for the foreseeable future. But I think once you have that buffer of financial freedom, that's all that really matters. That's what everyone who's working is trying to go for. They're just trying to break free of like a really shitty job or like, you know, move out and live the life that they want. So I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. It's more of a freedom movement of reclaiming your life basically undoing a lot of the brainwashing and conditioning that, you know, society subjects you to. And I think it's also kind of tied in a little bit with like the red pill and right wing side of Twitter too. Like obviously I make I make my views like quite well known. I do like more, more than a fair share of like shit posting. Um, but I think realistically that ties into it too. It's because I am an anonymous frog on the internet. I can say whatever I want. I'm not like on LinkedIn where I have to pretend that I love my job and that everything is amazing. Uh, I think a lot of people are waking up to that and I'm sure people who don't even follow me like still keep tabs on my account because they just find what I have to say interesting and they're like, you know what? This is not the way to live life. Like, I, I don't enjoy my job. I'm tired of pretending that I do and that I have to maintain this public persona where everything is great when realistically I'm dying inside, right? So I basically created this account and the whole neat movement And I've got followers who have added need into their names and have basically kind of started going down the same road that I did. But the whole concept is like stop caring, reclaim like ownership of your life. Uh, Your job doesn't matter. Your own happiness and well-being does. And just say and do what you want. You know what I mean, and realistically, that's that's all I, that's all I really want to inspire with my followers. Like, just stop stop taking bullshit from people. Don't accept anything less than what you believe you're worth. And yeah, just live your life exactly how you want to live it. That's that's why I think the neat movement has kind of taken off.
0: That's sick. Have there been any um, big moments in the history of the neat move, movement that have been memorable, or in your trajectory with this account any notable, uh, notable that's a good things? question
1: uh, I'll have to think about it but I think um, Max Waychad <clears throat> he basically wrote a, a thread about his setup and how he works for remote jobs that got a whole bunch of likes and retweets um, a lot of times like I'll call I'll call like certain people out just because I believe that you know what like we're I, I see Twitter more as like a, a small kind of community you know what I mean like I'm here to find like my tribe I'm here to like elevate people mm-hmm. and I don't want to see people get ripped off by grifters. Like mm-hmm. people who are like, oh, uh, you can make 5K just on a high ticket phone call or something like that. Now buy my course for 15K and I'll teach you how to do it and you'll make it back in three calls. Like I hate to see people fall mm-hmm. for that. So a few of my most memorable moments are like calling people out. Like I called out a guy just yesterday and it's gotten a whole bunch of tweets. I don't even plan to do this. Who basically built up a meme account, which is fully fine, like by all means, like, promo whatever you want but like has started shilling like only fans content i'm really against that stuff uh and for me that's just basically being a sellout right so I, I called him out it's got a whole bunch of likes so i do like starting people like starting fights with people on twitter too it can be quite fun and yeah
0: with the bowtied guys you you went for the whole bowtied community which is Kind of like one of the biggest communities in this yeah. uh, corner of Twitter, but and we've had a couple of the guys on. I would love to hear uh, what look, the the, the beef beef, is, though. And look, I've
1: even called out Tate. Uh, I had to delete my tweet because it got reported. But um, yeah, they're both like massive, massive like cult like <laughs> communities. Like for me, uh, I've always been a firm believer of create your own identity. Uh, I think the reason why I don't like the bow is their account, the original Wall Street Playboys were really awesome guys. They wrote really cool ebooks. Their blog was amazing. They had awesome content, and then they rebranded or basically sold the account to new guys called Wall Street. Uh, sorry, to bull, Bowtie Bulls, who like obviously rebranded, and then they started this whole thing. Uh, banks are zeros, probably nothing. Like they have all these annoying maxims. They've got like their laser eyes in their um, in their like PFP because they're Bitcoin. They love their Bitcoin or whatever. Like for me, I I go against a lot of the advice that they give because they're literally telling you to, you know, work really hard in like a particular industry, maybe investment banking or software or cybersecurity, whatever. Uh, And I just don't like the cult-like following mentality of it where they're all animals and they all say the same thing over and over again. Um, I I don't want to – I'm sure that some of the guys you've invited on have probably been fine. But some of them are just straight up grifters who are like lying about how much money they make and trying to like peddle like low quality like PDFs and at an overpriced margin. Um, and their, their substacks just in general, like the quality of them aren't good. Not to mention that like Bowtie Bull has like, like basically given some really bad financial advice uh, in some of his substack newsletter, like told people to buy like meme coins and then basically just, you know, dumped on them or the coins have dumped. Um, so it's important to like align yourself with people who have the same values as you. And for me, Bowtide Ball is just not the not the Twitter account to follow or to get uh, advice from. There there are much better anons you can follow and get advice from. So that's my take on the Bowtide. A few guys have like changed their handles from Bowtide to something new, which is kind of refreshing to see. But realistically, I don't I don't like the I just don't like the idea of like bowtied accounts in general they just generally rub me the wrong way and i think if you go through their f- followers it's like not the or what they tweet uh it's just not the not the value and not the advice you want to be taking from those people but that's my take on it i'm sure everyone like, i actually do know a few bowtied guys who are okay and i've just straight up said to them like change your handle you know what i mean like claim your own identity because it is very much like a, a virus that is spread for the wrong reason too because yeah, there's there's some good some good guys in there, but realistically, I think you should build your brand around not not someone else's. Like, what does bowtie even mean? You know what I mean? As opposed to what does a neat mean? You know, like a neat has a meaning. Neat has like you know personality behind it. You're the guy on Twitter who sits around and shit posts all day, but you also know a lot because you're you know you're so esoteric from all the free time that you have. Whereas bowtie is just like kind of feels like something forced that they've tried to put together. And for me, it's just not the community that I want to be part of. Or so I'll call them out where I can on their bullshit.
0: <laughs> so is uh, I guess he's not bow tied, but is Wi Fi? Was it Wi Fi money plant? Yeah, he's I just saw a you straight beef up group with or, up. <laughs> or and, and 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 you were like you were joking about like oh this guy's Indian <laughs> and like I, I, <laughs> I have proof. I'm, not, I'm not,
1: obviously not. Uh, don't believe in doxing people, but I basically have proof that that guy is like a massive grifter. Has faked his business credentials, and it was kind of funny when him because he used to be uh, Wi-Fi Money Chad or Bowtie Plant or something like that. He's changed his name a whole bunch of times, but uh, he call- he got called out by Tristan Tate uh, by saying that he has like, a, yeah, like an addiction yes, to like, prostitutes that. or something, and has faked all of his business credentials. Um, yeah, so oh, like sure. and
0: the. I, no, wait, I didn't see Tristan. I saw Andrew. He said something about Andrew and then Andrew actually responded and was like, who are oh, you? you like, something like that. I, th- maybe, I think it was Tristan. I got the
1: screenshot it. somewhere, but when I called him out, because then what happened was um, he he tweeted about something and he's like, oh, who, like you guys care too much about online beefs. And I'm like, well, you still haven't re- responded to this tweet. And then like four or five times in that day, he tried to respond to that tweet, but ended up deleting it. And I'm like, dude, like what? is going on right now. And then I dug a little deeper and I'm like, all right, even the term Wi-Fi money is cringe. Like I I firmly believe that, you know, even the remote work that I do, I get it done in 15 minutes because it's at a desktop computer that's plugged into the wall, like Ethernet money. Like everyone who made like, the guy who made Bitcoin, the guy who's built like, you know, Shopify, Windows, like all all these companies and businesses were built using, you know, wired internet. Like, you know, you have to sit there and put work in
0: shit is that the secret i shouldn't be using wi-fi i need to get a, i, I yeah. actually reckon that is, that is that a cable? big
1: because realistically yeah whatever wi-fi has obviously improved a lot over the over the past uh 10 years but in general i just don't see a lot of the grifters who work by pool sides and stuff i've worked out of the pool and i've like i do not do real work i'll tell you that right now um so if you want to build like a real empire it requires like a lot of time and dedicated focus behind like a computer which is immovable that is like a firm belief that i have uh like this if i actually sat behind my computer eight hours a day and tried to build out netocracy, i would have I been at like 10k followers within a, a month or two but instead i've just been like tweeting on my phone tweeting on my go on the go and that's why i drip feed like a couple hundred followers like over over a month and that, that just basically adds up to uh 10k over the course of two years so that's my take on that but when i called that like tied plant or whatever the hell his name is wi-fi money plant he just instantly blocked me and he's just basically destroyed his whole (laughs) reputation but it it comes down to that as well if you are making money if you're like a 24 24 year old millionaire making like 100k a month why are you sitting around like posting platitudes on twitter like why are you selling a 10 dollar like gumroad course you know what i mean uh like why does it have like five ratings which means that like what 10 15 people have downloaded it like is it even worth the time and effort um, so for me, that just basically sealed the deal, and I'm like, "Yep, this guy's getting blocked. I, I won't block Bowtie Bull. Um, I'll wait for him to block me first. Um, I won't block like Andrew Tate or Tristan Tate, <laughs> even though I don't like. They're basically. I actually believe they're doing more harm than good at this point in time. But in general, like, I'm 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 always open to listen to what people have to say, um, and I think there are occasionally like nuggets of wisdom. But there are a lot of people in this space who actively like try to steal money from other people and deliver like absolute shit. Um, so I'll I'll just call them out where it is. Uh, I don't I don't even want to bring up that guy. Like I, I genuinely do not even think about him. Um, for me, there's so many better people to associate yourself with in the space. So don't don't settle for anyone other than like the exact type of people you'd want to be friends with in person. That's usually how I go about it.
0: No, that's it's funny. Makes me laugh. I mean, hopefully uh, some. Portion of the audience uh, is laughing too. All the the Twitter the Twitter diehards. Um, no, so that's good. Uh, what else? What else? I mean, we, we definitely want to get to wrapping up the episode. Is there anything that you wanted to make sure that we uh, got in before we? I think we've uh, like covered we pretty much up?
1: everything. Like, it's been a really good talk. I think there's a lot of wisdom. Uh, if I could just plug a few things. Uh, once again, I I'm very strict on not making any money from my Twitter account. Uh, I'm I might I do want to create something in the future and that might need a paywall um, just in order to like keep keep the wages out like if I wrote a course how to how to basically work 15 minutes a day and earn a full-time salary like I wouldn't want that open to everyone like I would create some kind of system where it can like create a paywall or just make sure that that information just isn't open for everyone because you don't want your employer like coming across something like that yep. uh, but in the meantime um until i get to that yeah. point and whatever the hell that looks like in the future i've got a sub stack where i've written a few articles like if you haven't written if you haven't read those articles uh basically talks through my nine to five journey um how to like you know gravitate towards a job that is more neat friendly and lets you work from home um i actually worked under a billionaire at one point so i actually like share my my work experience with that with that job which didn't last too long but it was uh it was good nonetheless uh i've also just you know follow the twitter uh, there's a lot of gems here and there a lot of shit posts but obviously a lot of gems and i've recently started like a telegram group called neat club where i'm just going to post some long form content like we'll we'll talking before the podcast but i basically don't want to pay elon $8 a month for twitter blue so i've set up the telegram just to post some some longer form content and rants and obviously lots of memes too which i want to kind of archive so uh, Twitter is just going to kind of be like a toilet where it like mm-hmm. flushes every single day and there's going to be new shit coming out and some of it's good and some of it's bad. Uh, whereas Telegram, I'm going to try and uh, really curate that and mm-hmm. make that a lot more high value, high impact. Um, so, yeah, basically, go follow the, go join the Telegram if you want. i um, sure we can slap a link in here somewhere. But then the day, just, you know, my main advice is just stop caring. Follow the stop caring bot as well. I'm really shilling a lot of things right now, but. I just generally find all of these things really useful, and my followers do too. So yeah, basically just get all of that, get all of that done and you'll be sweet.
0: Random question: do you think that the not caring philosophy is sort of a, a phase where you can do it maybe in your 20s or early 30s type of thing, but kind of tough to not care when you have you know a couple kids and you got to put food on the table and provide for other people. That kind of thing. Do you think it's you'll be able to continue um, a more carefree lifestyle indefinitely, or at very least, maybe like cherry pick certain philosophies to carry on, but maybe start taking other aspects of things more seriously? That's uh, a really good question.
1: I think, honestly, when it comes to the the stop caring mentality, I think that's more uh, like. For example, say your like neighbor moves in and he has like a Porsche or something like that, and you're like, I really wish I had a Porsche. Why don't I have a Porsche? Like, stop caring about like other people's like pers- perspectives of you. At the end of the day, if you're happy uh, and you and your family are like provided for, then honestly, that's all that matters. So, obviously, you know, I guess the the guy who's doing like heroin on the side of the street, like he doesn't care about anything. Uh, he's probably like <laughs> deep down, like very broken from like all the drugs. So there's a fine line between like you know, stop caring and like just throwing your life away. But I genuinely think like the problem is people care Mm -hmm. too much about things that have absolutely zero significance or relevance. Like, oh my God, I was two minutes late for a meeting. What if they bring it up? Like, no, just stop caring. You know what I mean? Like when you get into the meeting, don't be like, sorry, I'm late. Like you join when you join. You know what I mean? It really is just kind of putting your foot down in some cases and just like letting go of, of the outcome. And just enjoying and seeing seeing where things happen. Because you you don't know where things would happen. Like when you're really stressed with a job and then Chat GPT comes out and you can just automate like all of it. Like all this time you're like worrying and stressing, shit. Am I gonna keep my job? What's gonna happen? And then out of nowhere, a tool just, you know, graced humanity. And now you can just do all of this stuff. So I think just yeah, like obviously different parts of your life that are gonna be stressful. That's fully fine and understandable, but I think you'll benefit benefit more from not caring and from reducing the amount you care than from like over worrying and overstressing. Like literally just, you know, do do what needs to be done. Like if you want to work a job, work it. If you're going through like tough times at work, like either keep going if you can stomach it or just pull out and honestly, you'll be fine in the long run. So at the end of the day, I'm a very firm believer that everything always works out in the end, right? Like, if you're going through a rough patch, if you've, you know, lost money in crypto, if you've lost your job, um, you know, just don't care. Like, just apply for jobs, do what you can, and just leave the rest to fate, and everything will, will sort itself out, okay? Like, I'm just genuinely, I've got the belief that I will make it, like, regardless of what happens in the markets, in the job markets, like, really anywhere. So just enjoy life. You know what I mean? Like, life's too short to, like, worry over trivial things that don't matter.
0: I like it. Words from the wise, Mr. Neatocracy himself. Do you want to shout out, uh, I guess, the Telegram group or anywhere else? Yeah, sure thing. The
1: the Twitter handle for the stop caring bot is at stop caring Pepe. Very easy. Um, I also run or help run a anonymous <laughs> kind of like confessions page. Yeah,
0: Corp Fessions. Corp Fessions.
1: Yeah, so that's really awesome. It's just basically yep. anonymous. If you want to rant about how shit your job is or if you make money sitting around doing nothing like a few other people have, um, just give that a follow on Twitter. That's at Corp Fessions and you can anonymously like submit a confession. Like for me, that's one of the benefits of being a neat. You can just build shit and see if it takes off. And both of those things have done okay. And then I've got uh, the Telegram. So that's that's uh, slash neat club. So if you actually search that in Telegram, it'll come up. And um, I'm just going to basically post some stuff that I do there. Uh, maybe some crypto advice if anyone's interested. But in general, like it's just going to be some, some neat posting that I do in between Twitter and Telegram. So yeah, just basically just stick around and you know if you follow me on twitter I'll, like you'll just see a whole bunch of stuff coming out so yeah
0: sweet well mr nitocracy thank you for joining us it was a pleasure to share the airwaves today with uh, an anonymous blue <laughs> frog twitter account a meeting of the worlds the my latin life and the Neat Lifestyle. You can find him, guys, by the way. I don't know why I add Mr. There's no Mr., but it's just at Neatocracy. So you guys can find him on Twitter and all the other platforms. Mr. Neatocracy, thank you for for joining us. This was definitely a fun episode and uh, a window into a world, the world of the Neat Lifestyle. And it was interesting. thank you so very much, you much for having me. This. this has been another episode of the My Latin Life podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining.